Hello and welcome to the 31st episode of the CCGI podcast. Our last episode featured Dr. Scott Dunham. We discussed Dr. Dunham's work with CMCC as well as new educational technologies like Panopto and Anatomage. Today we have the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Heather Holman. Dr. Heather Holman graduated from CMCC in 2013 and has practiced at Joint Works Chiropractic in Vancouver, BC since then. She'll be graduating with a Master's of Rehabilitation Science from UBC this coming May. During her time at UBC, she conducted a study titled Effects of Tailored Advice on Injury Prevention Knowledge and Behaviors in Runners, Secondary Analysis from a Randomized Control Tile, which has been accepted for publication. She was recently appraiser for the CCGI Guidelines Summary of the 2019 Canadian Guideline for Physical Activity Throughout Pregnancy, along with Drs. Kelsey Nissen and Caroline Weiss. This opportunity came up at a convenient time for her, as she's currently in her eighth month of pregnancy. Welcome to the show, Heather. Hi, Kent and Galen. Um, yeah, thank you so much for having me today. Well, to, to sort of get us started, how about, I mean, I've, I've done quite a bit of the introduction, but why don't you tell us a bit more about yourself and especially about your clinical work? Yeah, so as you already mentioned, um, I've been working for six years uh, at practice in Vancouver called JointWorks Chiropractic. And at JointWorks, uh, we manage a wide range of patients experiencing musculoskeletal disorders uh, from the general public to elite athletes. But I'm currently on a break from my clinical practice because I'm on my maternity leave. All right, and that's why we're fortunate to have yeah. your, your time now <laughs> chatting with us. Yeah. Um, and uh, it sounds like you, you wrapped things up just in time for your master's degree. Um, can you tell us a bit about the, the degree for UBC and um, how, how you balance school and work and a bit about the program itself and your experience? Uh, yeah, great questions. Um, so this program was especially appealing to me because it enabled me to do my coursework and research while maintaining uh, nearly a full-time practice. Um, in all honesty, pursuing the master's program along with clinical practice was a bit of a balancing act at times. Uh, my schedule at JointWorks was generally Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturdays, which allowed me to have Tuesdays and Thursdays available to commit to my master's. Um, and I would try to at least take half days on Sundays for my own trail running or a time with friends and family. <laughs> and as you know, Galen, many of the required courses involve discussions throughout the week. And so it was really helpful for me to have some weekdays available for these. And I found that the courses were very applicable to clinical practice. And I can think of a number of opportunities where I was able to explore questions that I had from my practice more deeply in the program. So. Yeah, I did find it a very valuable experience. It's nice to hear there's an opportunity mm -hmm. to kind of balance the clinical work and, and academic work as well, so you're not having to put a full stop on, on your on your practice. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, I, I think it's important that there's that balance between um, both clinical work and, and researchers. It's great that there's these opportunities where we can kind of blend the two together yeah and and through through the program you or uh, um, I believe our intro for you was actually a bit dated because it's your, your article has been published and it's it's available now right to the, yeah. the the study titled effects of tailored advice on injury prevention knowledge and behaviors and runners 
that actually I'll, I'll post in uh, a link in, in uh, this podcast episode so people can actually hopefully link and click on that and read it themselves. But can you tell us about the study for, for those who maybe haven't seen it yet, uh, uh, what they can expect to, to find when they read it? Yeah, um, great. Thank you for making it available. Um, so the opportunity to run the study was actually the main reason I was interested in the master's program. Uh, I'm an avid runner myself. I've volunteered for many years with various running groups and have taken a number of courses on running injury prevention and management that I found myself really drawn towards. And I decided I'd like to be a part of contributing to the world of running injury prevention research. Uh, so for this study, I was grateful for the opportunity to use the Sport Med BC Vancouver Sunrun in-training program as my sample because all runners in the program are expected to follow one of the three programs suited to various running ability. And the in-training program not only prepares people to run or walk a 10-kilometer road race, the Vancouver Sunrun, but it was also actually designed to prevent running injuries during the process. So our study was a randomized control trial where we divided the 54 clinics of the in-training program into intervention or control groups. And we provided evidence-based general running injury prevention advice to both groups at the start of the study. And then throughout the study, we only gave the intervention group evidence-based running injury prevention advice that was tailored to their running injury profile. And this advice was given to them every two weeks during the 13-week training period. And we wanted to see whether this intervention had any effect on evidence-based running injury prevention knowledge and or behaviors in runners. We were also curious to know whether any barriers existed that prevented runners from practicing the recommended interventions. And in the end of the study, we found that participants in the intervention group improved their knowledge significantly more than controls. And the intervention group improved their behavior significantly. However, this wasn't significantly greater than controls. Um, we also found that participants reported negligible barriers to the recommended interventions. And this was an interesting finding since many participants didn't practice the recommended interventions and therefore it would be interesting to see in future study if unconscious factors such as motivation or past experiences might have any influence on their decisions. So yeah, hopefully future research um, goes in that direction. Oh, that's, yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting. Now, CCGI was really fortunate to have you and, and a couple of other chiropractors, as we mentioned, Drs. Nissen and Weiss, uh, review the recent guidelines on physical activity throughout pregnancy. So what can you sort of tell us about your role in appraising the guideline and, and sort of the process that you went through? Yes, so this is a really neat project to work on, and I'm so grateful for this opportunity. Um, basically, the three of us took training in the use of the Agree To tool, which is an international tool used to assess the quality and reporting of clinical practice guidelines. And it takes into consideration the scope, stakeholder involvement, so in our case, pregnant women, uh, rigor of development, clarity, applicability, and editorial independence of the guideline. We then each appraised the 2019 Canadian Guideline for Physical Activity Throughout Pregnancy, which recently published in British Journal of Sports Medicine. 
And once this was done, uh, the CCGI made a summary of the guideline for chiropractors and, and other health practitioners with similar scope. So yeah, it was it was really neat to to kind of see it all come together once we had all um, done the training and gone through the appraisals together. So you, you're actually in a really fortunate position too because to review it because not only are you a chiropractor but you're also pregnant right now. So you know, kind of wearing both of those hats, what were some of the most important things that you that you learned from this guideline? Yeah, so the, I think this guideline is a great reminder for us as clinicians to be checking in with our pregnant patients about their weekly participation in physical activity. Uh, with physical activity now being recognized as a vital sign, we should really be asking all of our patients about their their levels. Uh, the guideline came up with six main recommendations that I can quickly summarize. So in order to maintain optimal health for a mother and baby, women without contraindications should accumulate at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity per week. This should be divided across at least three days per week and include a variety of aerobic and resistance training activities. Pelvic floor strengthening, such as Kegel exercises, may be performed daily and women should be instructed proper technique by the appropriate health professional. And lastly, if exercising while lying on their back results in lightheadedness, nausea, or feeling unwell, women should practice exercises in positions other than supine. I've treated many pregnant women in my practice and what I've learned along with my own personal pregnancy experience is that every woman experiences pregnancy differently. I recently read of a 13-week pregnant woman who won a trail running race here in Vancouver a few months back. Well, personally, I could barely motivate myself to get off the couch during my first <laughs> trimester, let alone run a race. Luckily, I had a six-month-old Australian Shepherd Border Collie that repeatedly forced me off the couch, whether I liked it or not. And... I would encourage clinicians to, to help guide pregnant women towards finding forms of physical activity that they truly enjoy, whether, whether they are able to run or dispersed walking, hiking, swimming, yoga, Pilates, a bar class. Um, pregnancy goes on for a long time, as I've learned, and I think women will be more likely to maintain an activity that they actually enjoy, uh, especially when they might not be feeling at their strongest. And it also might be important for some women to, to find a support system that they can count on to, to stay motivated. It's been helpful for me to have um, yeah, friends for uh, group exercise classes or, or hikes that, that I can count on to do them with. Well, that's such useful information. Mm -hmm. I think you hit the nail on the head with you know understanding and using guidelines, but then taking obviously the patient's unique uh, uniqueness into consideration, understanding what their needs are and, and uh, how it can best suit them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and obviously since we're uh, a guideline organization, we have to ask you another yeah. question about guidelines. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and especially from, from a clinician's perspective as well, I mean, it'd be great to know, you know, do guidelines or other forms of research influence your practice style or, or how you interact with your patients? Uh, yes, certainly. Um, so yeah, my main goals as a chiropractor are to help patients manage and prevent uh, musculoskeletal disorders as efficiently as possible. And having uh, these guidelines and other uh, 
forms of research, I think, are invaluable for helping me decide whether the treatment focus should be on, you know, education, rehabilitation exercise, um, manual therapy, as well as appropriate indication for specialist referral or imaging. And I think patients really appreciate it um, as well when we can explain our management to them with research to back it up. It's, um, uh, it yeah, it gives them, I think, a bit more confidence in their in their management plan sometimes. And yeah, now that I know how much work has to go into original research, I've just developed a huge appreciation for all the people out there, like you guys who are putting time and effort into research, focusing on uh, MSK conditions that we as chiropractors can use to enhance our practice. And yeah, I'd like to conclude by saying Thank you so much to everyone at uh, CCGI for everything that you do, because I think it's helping us Kairos in, in Canada a lot. <laughs> well, thanks for that. It, it's, um, it, it really helps having clinicians like yourself who we can ask in the drop of the hat, <laughs> help us review things yeah. like that. So that's really, really fortunate to have that. But, yeah, it was, it was a really great opportunity. So yeah, so thankful for, for the involvement. Well, speaking of great opportunities, we want to thank you, Heather, for uh, for your time, and uh, it was a real pleasure for for us to have you with us today. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in, and we'll look forward to bringing you our next guest in a couple of weeks. Bye for now. <laughs>